Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's adventure of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. Hi, I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Oh, boy, the Jank Squad... Had a lot happen to them this last time. Malamara is in a catatonic state where Fleeple, through his uh, cleric background, was able to see that she has been racked with the dark and plaguing energy of her patron heir too. But in trying to dispel and trying to dissuade cast magic upon her, Bahamut somewhat eagerly reached out to Fleeple and bestowed a blessing of him onto Fleeple to assist Malamara to save her soul. So, with Lance and Fleeple using Bahamut's power, they dived into the soul of Malamara. And what did they find? Well, Malamara was racked with torment, with pain, with her past, and had started a conversation with Air 2. And in the meantime, Lance and Fleet were able to explore a little bit of Malamara's background and started healing or moving their way towards Malamara to where they can help pull her from this catatonic state that she's in. Only to find in their second vision or their seventh, second instance of Malamara, a younger version of Malamara being chased by these orcs. And these orcs being deformed, big, large, monstrous, almost orcs that you'd, you'd hear in a children's story or that you'd imagine from a nightmare. They come at you and attack. And that is where we join this week's episode of ICAST Fireball. Jank Squad, I need initiative. Oh, boy. Initiative. Right before initiative, could I do something? Could I make an insight check? What my purpose to this is I want to, Lance wants to very quickly try and understand, are these orc monstrosities a thing of Malamara's mind's creation or more of a demonic creation? Like Air 2 projecting it onto her. All right, we'll get to that. Let's go ahead and get initiative order in there, uh, and then we will allow that to resolve. So, Is that going to count for like my first turn? It will not. Okay. Oh, I rolled terribly. Thank goodness. All right. So, Mal, what'd you get? That would be a six. Six. Lance. 19. And Fleeple. 10. All right. So, this is how initiative order is going to go. Lance, Fleeple, then Mal. So. And then the orcs? <laughs> I rolled the worst. I rolled... Two twos and a three for initiative for the orc, so that was bad. Lance, go and roll an insight check. Okay. Or I will allow an investigation check, actually. Ooh. In this place where distance doesn't have as much meaning as into the material world and trying to sense intent here, and uh, I will allow you an investigation check. All right. Well, with an investigation check, that's 25. Okay. These constructs, and your question was, is this a demonic thing that has been created or is this all uh, what Malamara has created, right? Yes, correct. These seem to be a construct, obviously, of Malamara's mind as you are in her soul. Mm -hmm. 
but seeing the fear on Malamar's face and seeing how these orcs are described, it is it's clear that you she views them as monsters and you thinking back to her being like they're not people they're monsters and things of that nature that these orcs follow that that characteristic of them being monstrous and disgusting but with the 25 you see that they seem to be warped or fueled by some sort of energy beyond what Malamara has they have the darkness that is surrounding them the darkness that is continually pervading and like moving inward seems to be inhabited in these creatures and their eyes glow red one of them glows purple uh, as well as they scream uh, with w- one of them saying you will join us sister and Lance it's your turn you're first it is it is it is it is all right you are about 30 feet away from the closest orc who is holding a massive long sword uh, as it is uh, charging towards you. Okay. <sighs> Man. This is difficult. Because this is the thing. I'm, I am conflicted because I'm like, okay, it's a fight. Let's fight. But I'm also under the assumption that these are Malamara's constructs fueled by Air 2 in her mind. And I want to break that view. I want to break that just that hold that he has over her mind in terms of how she views these things. So Okay. Lance is going to just try something. He's just going to try something. This might be a wasted round for Lance, but he's going to try something. Lance is going to speak in Orcish to these creatures. And more of almost to Air 2 possibly if it because he feels like somehow this is connected back to that guy and he's just going to basically say leave her mind alone and let her see the truth of what's before her and he's going to try and do a persuasion maybe trying to somehow get whatever the psyche of this place is to get it to see something different yeah, I'll allow intimidation uh, just because of the conflict here um, and sort of like bearing, bearing teeth that you have and the threatening nature of it. I'll allow intimidation. All right. Well, that's going to suck. Let's just try. That's a 10. 10. As your words fall upon these orcs, the orcs just laugh and uh, they don't respond. Uh, it doesn't seem to have taken effect with a 10, unfortunately. That's only your action. And then, Fleeple, you're next. In this landscape, there's nowhere to hide. Uh, there is not, unfortunately. So, Lance will just... Lance is just gonna hold his ground then, and yeah, that's all I can do, really, because all my bonus action things kind of connect to, to if I attacked with an action. So, yeah. That's it. Great. So you you run up next to Malamara and sort of like, uh, and so you hold your dagger aloft um, as you um, stand side by side with her. Great. Fleeple. Kind of catching the drift of what Lance is trying to go for. I'm going to try another dispel magic on these guys, maybe. Ooh, okay. Okay. Uh, how far do you have to be? One, two, three, four, five, six. You are within 30 feet of them. So dispel magic. Let's go ahead and range is 120 feet. Yeah, you're definitely within 120 feet there. And so, what sort of check do they need to make here? 
So the way that Dispel Magic Works rules is written is if there is a magical effect of third level or lower going on here, it's automatically ended. If it's of a magical effect that's similar to a spell level that is higher than that, then I have to make a spellcasting check. Okay, sounds good. Let me just check one thing about these creatures. Maybe using the spell in a little bit of a loosey-goosey kind of way. I like it. I like using it loosey-goosey here. It makes thematic sense right now. Just looking up. Oh, what's the spell? Not command. Not hold person. Charm Dominate. monster. Dominate. That's that's what I'm looking for. Dominate. Yeah, we got dominate person, monster, and beast. Oh, is beast just anything? So beast is the lowest one. That is creatures with the beast type. And then person is humanoids. And then monster is the highest one. And that's anything. Okay. So, Fleeple, as you point your finger to the nearest and you cast a spell magic, there is a resistance to the magic here. Uh, Even with the oomph power from Bahamut, there is some resistance going on here. I need you to roll to try and... uh, pierce through this magic to dispel all right is there any chance that prior to doing that i can make a religion roll to try and get myself a luck point you don't have to roll a religion to get a luck point you just have unlimited luck but every time you use it the dc increases and it could have some drastic effects as you roll religion mm. checks moving forward. So after, so you can use a luck point right now, and, and then after this resolves, I'll have you roll a religion check, yes. Okay, well, let me roll my spellcasting check first, because you're one of those cool DMs who lets people declare they're using a luck point after the roll. Not again. Not again. <laughs> All right, yes, that's guys, I'm the cool guy. Oh, boy, that's an eight, so definitely using a luck point. Okay. You feel Bahamut's magic uh, coursing through you, assisting you in this uh, world between worlds. That's a nine. Nine. Ugh. Can I get another luck point? And I forgot this. Are you With luck, rules is written, are you able to just use as many? I know last time we used two luck points in a row, but is it can only use it once per, like, check? You know, I think that's how it is. Let me pull up the rules just to make sure. Crunch squad. Whenever you make an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, you can spend one luck point to roll an additional d20. It doesn't say anything about limitations on that. It just says whenever you make an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, you can spend a luck point to roll an additional d20. And it doesn't say, like, you must use the second result or something, or the, the new result or whatever. Uh, you can choose which one you want. Hmm. Well, rules is written. doesn't say, so let's go ahead and allow it. All right. <sighs> we'll look up maybe some uh, sage advice after this, just to verify, but not yes. during the episode. Well, that's a 24. 24! As you cast it, the magic gets rebuffed. A second time rebuffed and pushes against you, almost like pushing you back, Fleeple. And so you you reach forward, and uh, I don't want to say Dragon Ball Z, just like throw this magic from, uh, uh, from you of Bahamut, but uh, you dispel the magic upon 
this first creature here. Uh, and as you dispel the magic on the orc, you see the darkness and the aura dissipate from them. Their eyes turn to a normal color. They don't dissipate, but they are severely hampered from their grotesque and monstrous state. And so you you seem to have altered and changed this monster from what it was to uh, what it was uh, with Ertu's help to strictly what Malamara is viewing this creature as, which I kind of forgot to describe in detail at length, these monsters. These are large creatures, so they're not just like normal orcs. I mean, orcs are already large, but they are taking up more space on the battlefield, and they are looming like 14 feet above each of you, and their long swords are like wickedly long and sharp, while also being jagged in parts. But again, one of them seems to, after you dispel, they don't loom so high, their shadow doesn't cast as far, and it seems that their magic has been diminished. So I am going to just make a change here, and well done on that. I'm going to turn towards Malamar and say, Demons are prowling everywhere nowadays, but I'll send them howling, I don't care. I've got ways. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Shout out to any uh, listeners that know what that's from. So Yeah, can you tell that we met in the theater? <laughs> the theater! Well done. So that was your action, I believe, Fleeple. Yep, that is my action. Uh, it does appear to still be aggressive towards us, huh? Yes, it is. Absolutely. It looks like it is rushing towards you. Kay. That's the most recent one right in front. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm going to wait until they get closer before I use my Draconic Cry on them. But for now, how is Mal looking as far as health goes? I have 94 hit points. Okay. You only are missing like four, right? I'm only missing two. Oh, well, incidentally, I actually forgot the extra 1d4 from my Moonsickle for the last time I cast Cure Wounds on her. Mm. There you go. So at this point, you go, oh, I forgot this. And you just pat her shoulder and give her the other four hit points. Mal, as you have Lance and Fleeple side by side, almost like protectively, like covering you as these orcs are charging towards you. As Fleeple gives this, Fleeple, do you want to end your turn next to Malamara right here? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Does Malamara recognize us? So at the beginning, she didn't recognize you, but Mal, and this is obviously you're having a conversation with air too so uh and so this isn't like mal currently but i'll say like in this vision um mal i mentioned that this is a younger version of mal a more weaker smaller version but in this moment this malamara looks to each of you and goes fleeple lance how did you get here? You have to run away. You have to get away from these monsters. And it seems that this is a Malamara after you met her. But as she views herself, she's not the strong, powerful force that you know her to be. She, It's almost as if she views herself as this scrawny, weak creature. And Mickey, go ahead. What does Mal want to do here um, in the battle? I'm not going to control you. I'll just uh, interject certain... Uh, role-playing instances here. Well, in response to your little interjection, I'll just say, nothing's gonna harm you, not while I'm around. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> my gosh! <laughs> uh, young Mal is going to take out her light crossbow, which I've never once fired, <laughs> and shoot it at them. And technically still will never have once fired. 
There you go. Yeah, that's right. Just the that's mind right. crossbow. Crossbow. Mind crossbow. That was a natural 20 for my first time using this weapon. The mind Whoa. crossbow. So it's a 26 and we'll hit this the northmost orc. Yeah, that's a hit. That's a five piercing damage. That's two dice that you rolled? No, it's only one. Oh, you got a natural 20. <gasps> I forgot. Wait, so that means that's... Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So that was three, nine, and I have savage attack. So when I score a critical roll because I'm a half orc, I get to roll three times. 16. That's actually 18 piercing damage. Ooh. Wow. That's a much different. This orc. Yeah, this orc drops. Just completely. I got him in the eye. Yeah, you, you're like, get away. As, as Malamari yells and goes, get away, you monster. You shoot the crossbow right at it and right into the eye with Fleeple dispelling a lot of uh, the magic of air too. The orc not looming so much and it seems to be more... Not vulnerable, but uh, less robust of a monster. The critical hit and falls to the ground and slides directly in front of you. Well done, Mal. That was your attack action. That is all she's going to... (laughs) Now that another difficult decision of she was running away, so I feel like she should continue running away. But... In the mechanics of D&D, that feels like a bad idea. (laughs) Whatever you want. Follow your heart. (laughs) Listen Listen to to your your heart. heart. (laughs) (laughs) Mal will, after hitting the orc in the eye, put away the crossbow and take both Fleeple and Lance's hands and start running toward this back corner. But only like 10 feet or whatever, because she's just... She's pulling both of them, so it's not very far, but pulling them in that direction toward. Yeah, I'll say all three of you move ten feet further away, further from the orcs, and uh, yeah, that makes sense to me. Great, and so that's your turn, Mal. It is. Great. Now it is the orcs' turn. So, first orc is the one in the back. This one has a wicked-looking quarterstaff with just not only jagged pieces of metal but bone that is carved and pulled into it it raises its staff and as it raises its staff it's going to thrust it towards you and the same uh, purplish darkness that encompasses it reaches out towards you Malamar and it's going to shoot three eldritch blasts at you fine be that way that's a 16 to hit that does not hit. It's a five with a natural one. And an eight. All of those miss. Whoa. As she's dodging out of the way as the energy's coming toward her, she just instinctively feels it get close and her spider senses tingle and she just dodges out of the way as she's running with Fleeple and Lance. This is a new one, and it's a woman, and she co- she calls to you, and she goes, Do not fight us. Join us, sister. Embrace your destiny. And um, she's going to run at you 30 feet, and she's going to cast Hex on you, Mal. So you have disadvantage against 
strength saving, uh, strength skill checks. Sure. Great. Now it's the other one behind, and after this one, Lance, it's going to be your turn. So it has the aggressive um, feature on it, so as a bonus action, it can move up to its speed to our hostile creature. So it's going to move 30 feet, then it's going to move another 30 feet, which should take it all the way up to Malamara, and it's going to use its action to just swipe at you. So this is with its wicked longsword that it has out, and it's going to be a multi-attack. So, Mal, that's a non-natural 20. That hits. And a 14. That misses. All right, so this one is going to be... I need a D10. Where's a D10? Well, if you don't have one, I guess maybe you just can't roll it. I found one. Don't worry, Mal. Oh. Don't worry. I'll get you your damage. (laughs) That's 16 points of slashing damage. And Mal, you're also going to take four points in necrotic damage as well as the power of air two is seeping into your mind here. And Lance and Fleeple, as you look at this uh, avatar of Malamara, for lack of a better term, you see that as she got swiped with the longsword, there's darkness that in the wound is spreading from her. And so it's like, like veins spreading into her body here. And she cries out in pain as she holds the spider webs rather than the actual wound itself. So that's going to be this orc's turn. And now Lance, it is your turn. Lance is just going to look to Malamara and he's going to say something very briefly. He's just going to say, don't see with your eyes, see with your strength. And he'll use that same motion that he did in the last episode where he brings his fist to his chest, referencing something deeper in her. And while he does that, he will use his bonus action or any whatever you want to assign it and he will put on the hat of disguise and his form that he will take is a full orc but very different than these full orcs it will be what he has seen as because lance has met a few orcs in his time and he has seen you know any run of them and he will take on the image of a proud orc one that is not ashamed of what it is or who it is. Uh, maybe it'll be the, the bodyguard from the, <laughs> from the gambling den. Oh, from Lottie's place? <laughs> yeah, it'll be that guy. It'll be that Friend. guy. He's not ashamed yeah. of who he is. It'll be that guy. Friend. It'll be that guy. He'll take on that image and he'll just look to this monstrosity before him. And this is what he's going to use with his action. He will just say to this monstrosity... Your constructs are not welcome here. And he will cast Cause Fear. Whoa. Whoa. Mm. As part of a sub, or as part of a feature that Lance got, he got to have two spells. One of them was invisibility, but I got to choose another one. And that is the one I decided to Ooh. follow. So this this isn't the Demon Omicron. This is just actual Lance. No. This is Lance Thalen's. This, this is, is Lance. This is a feature. Going to, going to the wizard gym. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Lance will cause fear, and this orc monster needs to make a successful wisdom saving throw or become frightened. Okay, here we go. And oh, what's the what's the spell save DC, Ned? What's the numbers you put together? Your proficiency plus plus your your spell casting modifier plus eight. So eight. Eight proficiency spell cast. 
And you use intelligence, okay. I believe. Yes, I do use intelligence. It's a non-natural 20. Ah, oh, dang it. All right. Well, that saves. Cause fear and cast this upon uh, the orc. It bellows with a laughter that is uh, that starts orcish, but then emanates into, like, Air 2's laughter. As he um, just yells at you and uh, goes... You have no power <laughs> And the last thing Lance will do then, with that in mind and knowing that this did not take effect, he will use his movement and stand in between this monstrous orc and Malamara, putting himself between them and taking inspiration from Ned's constant quotes. And he'll just say, what about the power to move you? There you go. All right. Sounds good. At the end of Lance's turn, Mal, your construct, your your avatar, you, you, in this moment, in this instance, in this reality, whatever it may be, this dream, this nightmare, I need you to roll an insight check with advantage due to Lance's encouragement during his... uh, due to what he said to you. Sure. You say advantage? Yeah. Okay. That's my second natural 20 of the night, which makes it 23. Ooh, ma'am. 23. my mind. As a 21 was needed, your eyes, you blink, and you look, and uh, you raise your fist to what Lance did, and you pull it to your heart, and you go, I remember... I remember. And uh, you yell up to the orc right in front of you who just attacked you. And you just yell, I am, I am strong. I am strong. And uh, they all have disadvantage attacks against you now. So, well done. You hear that? I'm okay. not afraid anymore. <laughs> all right, Fleetpool, go ahead. Okay, I think this guy who's right up in our grill is probably Mal and Lance's fight. So I am going to, with my action, drop a moonbeam on top of the guy who's farther away from us. <laughs> nice. And very nice. It's back. <laughs> yeah, we'll make that a third level moonbeam. Why not? Great. And Felipe, did we have you roll a religion check last time after uh, we your did luck not. points? Yeah, go ahead and do that. Okay, okay, okay. That's a natural 20 for 25. Natural 20. Well done. You feel the power of Bahamut surging through you. It's it's getting it's getting a little it, it's getting like a little much, but you're like, it's okay. It's okay. This is what I I am Bahamut's vessel right now, and as such you're like, and so why don't we have fun? Moonbeam! And you cast Moonbeam on the creature over there. Again, I get confused all the time. No damage right now, but on their turn, they will take damage if they fail a saving throw, right? Correct. And that's holy damage, right? Yep, that's radiant damage. That's going to be just 30 damage straight up. Yep, max radiant damage. That's right. Okay, that's your action. And then bonus action, I'm going to Draconic Cry. So until the start of my next turn, me and all of my allies will have advantage on attacks against enemies within 10 feet of me. Nice. Well done. Great. That was your bonus action and action, and you're standing your ground, Fleeple, or moving? Uh, I'm going to stand my ground and just kind of just kind of shout to the shout to the heavens about how awesome Bahamut is because he filled me with all of this 
this deity juice that's making me super powerful. Yeah, deity juice. <laughs> yep, I, I'm possessed by the spirit. And Mal, as you have both your friends beside you, one of them standing in front with the other beside glowing with this uh, fire, it's now your turn. Emboldened with advantage against these uh, orcs and the fear is no longer possessing you right now. What do you do? Do you say we get advantage as long as we're within, we stay within 10 feet of you? Uh, I believe the way it is, is it activates on creatures that are within 10 feet of me. And those are the creatures which you get advantage okay. against. So it's I the think? creatures, not us. Yes. Nice. Okay. Mal, having some flashes from her future life, knowing who these people are and flashes back to what they did for her as a child within this mind palace. She's going to repeat that, shouting at the orc, I am strong! And she will rage and enter a eagle rage. And she's going to run and slide underneath the orc's legs and end up on this far side. And as she's sliding underneath him, we'll pull out her spear and we'll take two jabs at this guy's Achilles tendon with her spear. Great. Go and roll an attack with advantage. Uh, that's a 19. 19 is a hit. And a 18. 18, barely a hit. Good okay. job. So two-handed does... That's 14 slashing damage to the back of that orc's legs. Nice. All right, 14. It grunts. A mighty blow done to it. Well done. I believe that's your action bonus action, and your movement is over, I believe, yes? Yeah, she's going to... Well, Lance gets advantage on this orc, right? Uh, Yeah, he already gets it. Mal will skirt around back over to these guys her bonus action as an eagle she can use dash so she'll come back around you did use your bonus action to rage though right oh i did she'll just stay great so sounds no that's good. the end of my team turn great sounds good the one right in front of you that has hex upon you she runs up and instead of using any weapons she actually just gets her claws out and tries to rake them against you malamara is this the one in between us or is this no, the one that was behind. Oh, okay. Well, that's the one that's in yeah, the moonbeam, so it has to make a constitution saving oh. throw. Constitution saving throw. Yeah, that's why I was like, throw. wait, how did he get out? DC 17. <laughs> that's a 21, unfortunately. No. Okay, so that's 15 So half damage, damage, right? Yeah, so 15 radiant damage. Still a mighty blow to it, but they are still standing. Not quite bloodied, if you will. But yes, they are still going. So they run out to Malamara. And although they have a disadvantage against the flanking gives them advantage. So it cancels out. And they are going to make a multi-attack with their claws. Their claws are wicked. And it's like they are specifically geared only for attack. They're, that's their only function. So here we go. Ooh, it's a 21 to hit. That hits. And a natural one. So the second one does not hit. All right, that's going to be nine, sorry, 11 points of slashing and necrotic damage. Uh, oh, sorry, you got to get the slashing first. Uh, nine points of slashing damage, two points of necrotic damage. Well, it's all halved because it's not, necrotic isn't psychic. Oh, no, I'm an eagle, not a yeah, bear. Yeah, but you're an eagle. You're not a bear right you're now. You're right. Okay. 
Sounds good. Well done. All right. Well done to me, I guess. Sorry, I say well done. But, well done, um, myself. <laughs> well done. Good, good. The other orc is actually going to attack Lance instead of Mal because uh, of your visage, um, but it has uh, disadvantage on the attacks. So, massive longsword. Here we go. That is going to be a 16. That does not hit. And a 14, so both miss. Okay, that's its turn. We go back to Lance. Your turn. All right. I've tried the other methods. All right, Air 2. Fine. And Lance will attack the creature in front of him with his short sword. Advantage. That is a natural 20. No way! (laughs) And that's a sneak attack as well. Oh, baby. Right, what is that, 4d6 for sneak attack, right? 5d6, we leveled up. <laughs> 5. So now... See what happens when you level 10d6 for sneak attack, plus... Yeah, I have to throw dragons at you. Two more... <laughs> plus two more d6s for just the short sword damage itself. So 12d6s I'm rolling total. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Here we go. Time for some math. 35 points of damage. 35! Oh my gosh. This creature is severely bloodied, but still standing. All right. With uh, a successful... That was a massive amount of uh, sneak attack damage. The creature arcs in pain and falls to the ground. The uh, spirit of air 2, it's interesting, the aura... Um, as it is completely encased inside the body with that amount of damage it's like the aura is like a ghost trying to get out of the body itself with how much damage you just did to it before it gets sucked back into the body itself so with a successful sneak attack I'm using whales of the dead to target another creature 30 feet from the first creature so I will target the moon beamed guy uh, or creature and it says to roll half the number of sneak attack dice your level, but I did get natural 20. So my sneak attack dice for this round was 10. But half your dice your for your level? It says half what, your what dice. What is this called? Whales of the or Dead? your level rounded up. So if, if I have like five sneak attack dice, I do half of them. So you round it up instead of two, it'd be three. Okay, real quick. Let me look it up. Because mm-hmm. last time we played this, we said you get half of the critted dice. So... So let me, let me just double check here. And our crit dice was 10 for this sneak attack. So I would get then five rounded up <laughs> to six. Roll, <laughs> roll half the number of sneak attack dice for your level. Okay, I don't think it's the amount of dice you rolled on the attack. I think since you have five, as I'm reading it, it is you have five sneak attack dice for your particular level is how I'm understanding it. So yeah, so you get to roll half of five, which is two and a half rolled up. So you get to roll three dice for this Whales from the Grave feature for the Phantom. Yes. All right, you just don't want things killed too quickly. I understand, I understand. I I at least want combat to go at least two rounds. Yeah, what's the fun of that? I mean, is that too much to ask? This is the third round, technically. Yeah, we're at the top of the third. (laughs) All right, Well, here we go. Well, he says. That is nine points of damage to the other one. Nine points of damage. This creature's looking bloodied. 
Hey. Then All with right. my bonus action, <laughs> I will use my dagger and stab. Yeah. And Go this for is it. advantage as well. Yes, it is. Ooh, good thing for that, because I had a natural one on one of those. So that is with the dagger. That is going to be a 25 to hit. That's a hit. Roll damage here. And it's just a four. Just, just a, a D4. D4. Come on, D4. Come here. That's a four. All right. Sounds good. That is going... This creature is looking very beaten and bruised. Fleeple, your turn. All right. So at the start of my turn, the Draconic Cry uh, is no longer in effect. So I'm going to move myself 10 feet to the right, and I'm going to Draconic Cry again so I can get both of the orcs this time. Yeah. And I'm going to move my Moonbeam back on top of the previously Moonbeamed orc. Great. Sounds good. And I believe that's it, right? That'll do it. All right. Sounds good. Mal, it's your turn. You are being flanked by two orcs. You have Hex cast upon you, but you are strong as you yell out. What are you going to do? I'm going to go for the back of the kneecaps of the first one that Jake just did all that damage to and see if any of it carries over to Cleave. Great. Go ahead and roll an attack. With advantage. Mm-hmm. 23. That's a hit. And, oh, that one's only a 15. 15 damage? No, uh, to hit the second attack. Ah. Well, why don't you roll damage for the first attack? Yeah. Seven piercing damage. It's exactly what you needed for the first uh, orc to go down. Seven piercing damage. You pierce him as you yell, Go back to the abyss where you came from! And you just knock him to the ground. And the second attack being a 15, that does hit the other orc. Oh. Nice. Perfect. That's eight points of slashing damage to the second guy. Eight points of slashing damage. Uh, And it's a girl. Thank you. Eight points of slashing damage to the lady. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anything else, Mal? Bonus action, movement? I don't think movement's going to help anybody doing anything. Besides, didn't you throw Moonbeam on this lady? Yes, Moonbeam is on the lady here. I will actually back up to where Lance is, and she gets a disadvantage on that attack of opportunity because I'm an eagle. All right. And uh, because you're not afraid of her anymore. But here we go. It's a natural one for that attack. As you as you walk back, she reaches out with her claws to you and you grab her claws and you hold them close to you as you just grit your teeth and growl at her before you toss her back. And she falls on her um, back itself as you back up to Lance. And you look to Lance and nod to him as you're holding your holding your side. And Fleeple, as she's on her back with the holy holy light emanating from above, tell us how it's done. Ooh. Well, with all of this light coming from Bahamut, I feel like I am almost kind of, you know, maybe acting as sort of a conduit in this moment almost, where like maybe the light is kind of arcing from me, like the light shines down from Bahamut onto me and then leaps over almost like an arc reactor towards this other creature, like Iroh uh, redirecting the lightning, just pointing at this orc and 
let all of the energy of Bahama, all the energy of Bahama, I'm just feeling super jazzed. Like I am feeling more spiritual energy inside me than I've ever felt before. And I just let all of my elation for my relationship with Bahamut power this attack until it just, yeah, in a puff of divine light, little sparkles going out everywhere. Uh, by the time the moonbeam dissipates, there's just nothing left there. All right. As the moonbeam is eating away at the darkness, you see that the darkness fights against it. And similar to the other half-orc, which got... Um, all of the sneak attack damage against it. This one, the ghost or the aura seems to try to be climbing out of the orc, but with the moonbeam just literally just pushing it down to the ground, it's crawling towards you, Fleeple, as the aura just dissipates. The darkness is pushed away, then the orc disappears as well as the battlefield falls silent. Lance, still in the visage um, of uh, Orc yourself, Malamara, holding your side. You look at your shoulder where the darkness, the veins were spreading through your body, no longer there. And Fleeple, you turn just in this holy light. Um, I need you to roll a religion check again. All right. That's another natural 20. Yes! Goodness gracious. All right. Um, Mal turns to Lance and Fleeple. Thank you. Those foul creatures. How did they get here? I just just wish they were gone. We should go after the come. We should go after the rest of them. Where there's three, there have to be more. Ah, uh, but you saw yourself, Malamara. They were not acting entirely of their own volition. They were overcome with abyssal energies. Malamara, demons will charm you with a smile for a while. And Lance will take off his hat to go back to Lance form and he'll just say Maramara don't you know where they live? And he'll point to her forehead. They only live in there. Malamara looks to you as you orc change to Lance. Fleeple bringing up that there's there's um demons and Mal, I'm going to have you to contribute to the clock here. I'm going to have you roll an insight, but with advantage. Five. She's really bad people skills. <laughs> That's one more tick on the clock. And as she looks at you, Lance, and looks at you, Fleeple, she goes, I, I can't control it. I can't, I can't stop them. They're... And she grabs her head and she goes, they're everywhere. They're monsters. They destroyed my life. I can't stop them. I can't stop it. As she crumples to the ground, her form starts to disappear slightly. Before she completely goes out of sight, I'll place my hands on her shoulders and say, it'll take you a while to see it, but maybe they're not the things that you need to try and stop. You'll understand someday. I just, I just want to be strong. I want to be strong. As she's whispering this, her form is disappearing as she holds both of her hands empty towards you, Fleeple, almost pleadingly as she whispers this over and over. And then the last thing to disappear 
almost to dust are the hands as they float away. We're going to jump to Mal and Air 2 right now. Mal, as you recall, the last thing Air 2 said is he presented you. With the ability to seize power and use that crack to your advantage, I helped you. I gave you strength. With Mal in front of her tempting her and having Fleeple and Lance in her soul having just overcome an obstacle, is there any chance that she might feel their presence? Maybe not that she knows that they're consciously there, but knows that they're there. Yeah, it's interesting. As this conversation with Air 2, as you were left by yourself all alone and Air 2 came, the first time before Air 2 came to you, you actually felt your heart lift a little bit and like the darkness was being pushed away. And then Air 2 came to talk with you and speak with you and the darkness seemed to come back. As he's reaching out to you and saying he's giving you strength, you feel disgusted by this. You feel repulsed. And it's at that moment you, something changes in your heart and your soul and you feel the darkness around you. You look at the ground and you look at your skin and it's not so grayish and blackish and you feel the darkness push away from you slightly and you feel strength but this isn't the strength that you received from Air 2 long ago when you first made your deal with him. This strength is something different. She's tempted by the boon like she was so many years ago and she can feel that part of herself crying out the same um, adolescent that they were that Fleepo and Lance were just fighting with that desperate need and she quietly says and repeats that same line of I just I just want to be strong and I've given that to you strength where weakness was strength where confusion and doubt resided I gave that and granted you with confidence she balls her hands into fists and actually looks directly at him and away from the sword which is kind of that symbol of power and she goes you didn't give me that I found it my friends helped me find it this wasn't you it's a false strength true strength comes from community from friends from family and all you've ever done is take that away from me and she knocks the sword to the side and it clangs on the ground and not only reverberates but as you knock it aside it's actually not even the sword it's just this glass image of it and as you go to knock it it shatters and just at that moment lance and fleeple as you saw malamara disappear and the darkness start to get closer and closer you hear this shattering from amongst you and it seems that there was almost like if you imagine yourself being in a hall of mirrors where you are in a cylindrical room with mirrors all around those mirrors just all of a sudden shattering and falling to the ground mal shattering the sword breaks the image and breaks the illusion from around you and you see mal and air two not 20 feet from where you are um, with Mal 
just thrusting something to the ground, standing up, looking at Air 2 in the face. And this seems to be the Mal that you remembered. The strong, older Mal with a presence as she stands and she grits her teeth staring at her too. And Mal, you see Lance and Fleeple there as well, off to the side. Uh, Mal just gapes at them, not really understanding what's going on because she has been in enough of Air 2 dreams (laughs) over the past couple of years that uh, she can tell that there's something different about Fleeple and Lance, that they're not a memory, they're not a avatar that they are there and she doesn't understand how that can be but that totally consumes all of her attention away from Air 2. Well, I mean, and Fleeple, I mean, could be considered an avatar right now. He's glowing this white radiant energy glowing from like where in his eyes are glowing and he opens his mouth he kind of raises his hand and goes hey buddy <laughs> um <laughs> and um just the his hand kind of like has this after image of power lance will kind of seeing almost i i would imagine lance and fleeple can put two and two together of seems like malamar is kind of finally rejecting this we saw her throw Possibly the sword or just something to the side. We see the the tension and the friction that's there between the two that maybe we haven't seen before. And recalling how we started the beginning of this journey in her mind, maybe thinking that Malamara has a connection to that as well, Lance will say, Malamara, and he'll reach out his hand. Give me your hand, girl. Leave him back in the shadows. Kind of referencing the little girl that we met and offering her that same reminder. And almost without hesitation, she reaches immediately for them, which surprises, I think, even herself that she rejected Ertu so willingly seeing her friends with her that when it came down to it, it really wasn't a decision. As soon as you reached and clasp hands with Lance, Ertu grabs your shoulder and digs in with his claws into your shoulder and... It burns. It pierces you. It, you scream out in agony as he just grips and holds your shoulder and goes, I made you what you are. Mal, you take 10 points of necrotic damage as a result as his hand is searing your flesh. I gave you power. Power you couldn't dream of. And I won't have you thrown away after all my hard work. The clock has not been completed yet, and Mal seems to still be under some sort of control under Air 2. I'm going to look at this literal tug of war, where previously I had kind of envisioned a metaphorical tug of war with Malamara being the rope in the center, actually finally seeing that physically before me. I'm going to step up towards Air 2 and say, Malamara is not leaving. This is Malamara's home, where she belongs. There is someone here who does not belong. And, uh, going to point to Air 2 and, I mean, see if there's any kind of magical special Bahamut juice I got that can banish this guy from here. What spells do you know? Uh, I've got Dispel Magic. I've got, I mean, I could cast a Moonbeam on him. I could Polymorph him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I think a, a high enough dispel magic might be able to do some good here. As you saw, it did some good against those orcs and the dispel magic against the orcs seemed to get rid of Air 2's influence on him as well. Well then, I'm going to cast dispel magic at 5th level. <sighs> okay. As you cast it at 5th level, I'm going to say that uh, visually what this looks like, you fly up to Air 2 and his wings unfurled. He dwarfs you as his wings are furled. His rage is present as he's gripping onto Mal and you fly up with your wings, Fleeple, platinum speckled amongst the wings, glittering in this darkness, a literal beacon of light in the darkness that Air 2 brings. And as he is grabbing onto Mal's shoulder, you grab onto his hand and start to pull and tug, infusing this battle with your dispel magic at fifth level. I'm going to need you to roll a religion check first off as the power of Bahamut is coursing through you. This DC being of pretty high here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you got two natural 20s already, so... I did. I mean, get a, get a quick guidance on myself, maybe. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, with the guidance, that is a 10. No, a 12. Can I give you my inspiration? <gasps> yeah. Is it loud? That can okay. happen. That can happen. All right. Take two. It's a nine. <laughs> no. All right. As you roll a 12 for religion, your spell is successful. It goes off without a hitch. You are grabbing Air 2, and you are actually pulling his claw off of Mal. Give 10 seconds, and then you pull, pull, and Air 2 is looking at you with fire in his eyes, and it seems that his skin is starting to burn and peel and blister, and he is screaming at you. But, Fleeple, just as you are elating in this joy and power, you see your hand start to burn and blister and get damaged from the power of Bahamut as well. You uh, are taking damage, and there is some damage being done to you, Fleeple, as a result. But you are holding Air 2 at bay. That is successful. The clock is almost complete. So that is Fleeple's contribution. There's just one more tick that needs to occur. Lance or Mal, how do you want to round this clock out here? I could try something, but I also want to give Mickey the chance. This is her story. You go for it. I think you have probably something better than anything that I have. And we might be able to tag team this, actually. What Lance is going to do is knowing the spells that apparently kind of air to the Demonomicon possibly gave him, but then disappeared, remembering that he has his own going along with the thought of Malamara not needing an outside force to give her power. Lance will just look straight into Air 2's eyes of rage, and he will just say, as he's kind of gripping, you know, this tug of war that's happening, as he's gripping Malamara, he'll just look at, straight at Air 2, and with a very genuine smile, something that Lance almost never does, <laughs> to smile, he'll just look at Air 2 and go, You've lost her. You are no longer in control she is out of your sight 
and he will cast Invisibility on Malamara, giving her maybe the potential to get out of his grasp. Yes, and with Fleeple pulling, literally pulling Eretu's claw away from her and Mal being cast invisible here. Mal, anything you want to do to add or solidify this? Well, a lot of my stuff comes from him. So I was trying to find a <laughs> something that was uniquely hers that was outside of him. So using that invisibility and using both Fleeple and Lance that are, are pulling against him, Mal will wrench her arm out of his grasp and while his attention is on her friends, she will go up behind him because she he doesn't know where she is and she will take out of her bag the one thing that she took from her family, which is her grandfather's wood carving knife. And she will use it to stab Ertu in between where his wings come together in his back. And she will just say, you are not welcome here. I renounce you, Ertu. And shove that and twist it, the knife in as far as she can in this dream sequence. As Ertu screams out in pain, pain from the, the holy energy, pain from the sneak attack for lack of a better word there he screams and the darkness that he has is starting to like collect underneath him so all the darkness that is on the fringes of Malamara's mind it's erratic and it starts to get sucked in towards air two at the bottom and it doesn't like strengthen him it actually starts to form this hole beneath him this dark bottomless pit beneath him that as he is struggling to stay afloat and cast the darkness off it seems to envelop him and grab him and pull him down um and one last as he, you're holding that knife into his back he's gonna try one more thing as he falls down mal but he's gonna do it with disadvantage uh so let's see what happens here as he reaches out for you mal you block yourself but he doesn't reach for you. He grabs for your satchel and he grabs it, rips it off, and then he falls into the hole. And as he falls into the hole, the hole just... And the darkness is gone. Mal, for the first time in a long time, Ertu's presence is gone. And you are free and that is where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball does that mean I lose my inventory We'll get to that on oh, next good. week's oh, episode. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. everybody gets a inspiration hey. die there. That was fantastic. Mm. Oh, I loved that. I got real emotional. Oh, man, just such beautiful imagery, Ned, of the metaphysical tug of war and then the literal tug of war bringing that back. That was... I had totally forgotten about that instance. That was good. Mm-hmm. All the Sweeney Todd quotes, of course. <laughs> uh, and, 
That was, uh, that was just a beautiful moment to all of you players. So well done. Well-deserved inspiration. Whew. Well, it's been a good campaign, that was good. everybody. I don't think we're going to hit a higher high than that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we might just have to jump right into season two here. <laughs> I feel like there's still oh, a whole thing with uh, Lance's whole vandal no, thing. Oh, that's wrapped sisters. up. That's uh, no no yeah, idea that's what go. Is. There you go. Well, Lance is a ghost. Vandal doesn't have to worry about Lance at all. But I want to know about his sister. No oh, uh, well, we'll figure out if Lance finally reveals a little bit more uh, to the rest of the crew <laughs> on the next episode of iCast Fireball. Ned, Jacob, Mickey, wow. Round of applause to each of you. Well done. That was very fun. Uh, Ned, as always, thank you for the inspiration for other TTRPG mechanics, bringing it in. My first attempt at using a clock in D&D, hopefully it worked well. It was an eight clock, by the way, that I had. I, I know that uh, that was quite difficult. It was, it was a fun exploration to try and incorporate skills, like a pseudo skill challenge here. I'm still determined to make those work, so we'll, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep trying them out here. But regardless, thank you so much. And listeners, you're the best. Thank you for joining us on this fun, wacky adventure and uh, for following this podcast, which we use as an excuse just to keep our uh, consistent D&D campaign going amongst us good friends. So thank you. Big shout out to you. If you like what we're doing, leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you like. It gets us into other people's recommended feeds and it gives us the encouragement to keep moving forward with additional content. Uh, if, if Speaking of reviews, we had a couple reviews that we uh, collected over the past few weeks here. First one from Kenosaki. A subject. This podcast is fire. They say, hands down, one of the best actual play podcasts I've listened to. I guess Fireball is perfectly balanced between high production quality and real at the table feel. All of the players have created characters who are compelling and feel genuine. And I agree after this episode. Thomas does a great job as a DM. Ken Olaski, thank you so much. And I especially love the way he integrates other adventures into the module. I look forward to every episode and have not been disappointed. I wish I could give it more than five stars. Ken Olaski, thank you so terribly much. And thank you for the compliment. Incorporating other adventures into Tyranny of Dragons has been quite fun and uh Hopefully keeps uh, Ned on his toes, who's read every module uh, in the entire uh, Wizard of the Coast library. So uh, that's why we do it. So Ned keeps off of it. That's why we do it. <laughs> uh, we have another review though that we're reading. This is Ed four two six nine. You say great. I've been listening for a couple weeks now, and it's great, funny, and clean. And I love your characters and guys. I've also finished Improv Tabletop. So Ned, hey, there you go. We've got. Uh, uh, someone following both the sister podcasts here. And finally, we have Sky Seer Joram. Great story, great characters. This is my all time favorite podcast. One of the highlights of my week is listening to the next episode. And I very appreciate they don't have to be watching out for anything inappropriate. You guys rock. Don't forget to reach out to us on our email, iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com, and our social media webs at iCastFireball20, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there. And. We're going to shout out Improv Tabletop, our sister podcast, where Ned takes a turn going through a bunch of uh, other TTRPG systems, going through wonderful campaigns. It's a good time. Go give them a five-star review. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. But until next time, we've had... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.